What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam has perfect sound, Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky-ass hijinks and analysis. I am purposely, before I ask Adam how he's doing, and we are also presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, I am purposely putting my mouth as close to the microphone as I can. This will be the ultimate audio test for all of you that have bitched and moaned for five years, even though we've had consistent audio improvements since then. Um, better microphones, better EQ in the last three months. We're actually do sound editing on this stuff. So I hope this sounds better for everybody. I really do. Adam, how's it going, sir? Well, Graham, I, I'm, I'm worried I made a, a massive mistake by bringing this up. So I was with Hugo this past week, and he just commented on how for our podcast, he has to turn it up as high as it could possibly go in order to hear. And he did mention you a lot. Uh, but like for other amateur podcasts, he doesn't have to do that. So they also have amateur quality mics and studios and whatnot. Well, you should tell but, Hugo but, that this is a professional podcast. But We should be held to a higher standard. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. We are professional. So I think that's what he's doing is holding us to a higher standard. Okay. And he pointed out that... Wait, where was I going with that? He pointed out that I was too f- far away oh, from the yeah. microphone. Oh, yeah. Other people that do it are super close to the mic, which right. I've told you in the past, but you get you get very sensitive about it. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm concerned it's that... It's in a comfortable it, position. We well, don't have great podcast chairs. Well we, well, we need to get the stands. Yeah, the stands would help. Yeah. yeah. So we just... Need, but but for, for Hugo, Mark Andre, and all those other people out there, our uh, 100 users-ish... I'm I'm getting very close to the microphone, and when the audio peaks and 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 a, it rings out your ears, just just blame Hugo. Well, then okay? you can turn the volume down. You can turn the volume down as a listener, but the audio quality won't be as good, Adam. Gotcha. You'll hear this, you know, this little little yeah, this little buzz or well, it'll be uncomfortable to the ears. We'll find out. We'll find, we'll find out. out. Sounds like that we're in a similar situation to the Braves, Adam. We had the components, we had the pieces supposedly in place however we can't help but disappoint well fortunately for both us and the braves like we have an infinite amount of time left sure to improve and the braves have like 122 games left so you know the panic's out there i'm hearing it all over the place on the Twitter, on the Atlanta sports thread oh you had the blessing of not having to watch this trash team for the last week or so I, I watched the YouTube highlights. Okay. Yeah. Which you didn't sit through the three and a half hours of grueling misery uh, which, every which, night. Which game are you specifically referring to? Uh, specifically referring to... I saw Williams Contreras hitting bombs. Right. Yeah, no, he's been fine. But, like, uh, I went to the Red Sox game last week, one of them, the one we lost, a 9-4 to loss. I, uh, you know, the Padres game was rough, um, the one on Sunday and the one on Friday. And the, I think the most frustrating part about it is, like, I don't feel like, even though we're not playing that well, well, the, the frustrating thing really is is that we're not playing that well. We're still pretty competitive. It's not like teams are, like, walking all over us for the most part. Um, it's just, like, we cannot get any consistency going in the way we play. Like, the defense was atrocious against uh, San Diego over the weekend. It's like, that is, that's not the way the Braves play baseball like Austin Riley made a huge error Dansby made a huge error even Matt Olson made an error on a very routine play and it's like those guys are our cornerstones um 
on defense, and I would say Olsen and Riley are cornerstones on offense. It's like those are just mistakes that you don't see the Braves make. I heard six eight of the fan talking about the the random Austin Riley errors and how it coincided with him going to arbitration, which normally mm. arbitration is like an off season thing, but because of the lockout, it was pushed to in season. So it's like, and he lost his arbitration, which is like such a weird thing to see as Austin Riley loses two Braves. And it's like they're haggling over like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. And for them to not say Austin Riley is worth that three hundred thousand dollars is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's just another sign of once again cheap ass Liberty Media. So like imagine you go into your employer and saying, Hey, I think I'm worth, you know, an extra call it five percent a year. I've done this and that and this and that. I had a had a great year, blahzy blahzy blah. And they look at you and you're like, nope, not the case. Right. We, th- we think you're worth exactly what we're paying you now. Yeah, and then in particular, if I had performed to the level that Austin Riley performed, which is a damn near MVP season, carried that team throughout the entire year last year, I'd be like, I'd be miffed. So, so t- yeah, to do that, go through that with your team, and then have to go out and try to win a game for your employer the same day? You can see how things like that yeah. could happen. Yeah. So and and like you know, his teammates are seeing him go through that. Other teammates are going through it. Like, it's just still like a weird year. But it's exactly how last year started as well. Um, Acuna still not playing a hundred percent, but we saw in the games that he did play in Milwaukee the difference that he made. He's great, and I mean, it's, he's it's, still performing at a very high level. The starting pitching has gotten going over the last week. Charlie Morton is not dead, I guess, but yes. it's still only one start. It's still only one start. He's got to do. He's got to put at least three or four. But good the starts stuff together. is there, man. As long as the stuff's there, I'm not worried. Yeah, we'll see. And he he was throwing really well his last start. I was impressed that he didn't allow like he didn't have that early inning uh oh sort of yeah. sort of thing that happened. Even in the start before where he did have you know he didn't give up any runs. He still had that early inning uh oh, and he just got out of it basically through sheer luck yeah because the ball was smacked it was just right at uh the center fielder so it's like it was nice to see him actually look like charlie morton again in this last start so that that's promising but like yeah at the end of the this offense has been rough we've seen ozuna hit a few home runs this week which is good to see i thought duvall had a couple decent at bats in the milwaukee series but i i still i'm taking the general mindset that these players that were good for us last year aren't all of a sudden going to suck. Well, Ozuna sucked last year. Ozuna's a big question mark to me right now. He is a question mark, for sure. Yeah, and you want to hear some interesting numbers. We talk about batting average with balls in play. I did a little digging. We do? Yeah. Well, Not a, not a ton, well, but enough. You talk about I it. I talk about it. Yeah. I, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay, I hear right, you. Right. Or you just tune me out either way. Exactly. Yeah. So... To recap for those, and maybe Adam, batting average balls in play <laughs> is for, you know, what is your actual batting average when you hit the ball? So it doesn't take into account strikeouts or walks or anything like that. Um, so Ozuna's batting average of balls in play is 229. His actual batting average is 218, which leads me to believe that he is who he is right now. He's not being, getting unlucky. His batting average is only, his batting average of balls in play is only 10 points higher than his actual average. That's pretty close. That's pretty much saying, all right, that's who he is right now. Well, yeah, but but right now, just I don't see how the stats matter there. It's because it's 
we you can eyeball tests and know he's not hitting the cover off the ball. Right, but, but that doesn't mean that's how he's going to be all year. No, it doesn't. But you can also look at things like, um, you know, if for, for example, one of my fantasy baseball players, Taylor Ward, who is just having like the season of his life, even though my team sucks, his batting average of balls in play is like 435 and he's hitting like 320, which goes to say that he's getting very lucky right now. Like that's going to regress. Right. So it's just an indicator of like how lucky or unlucky are you right now. Sure. So it, it says to me that Ozuna's kind of like, it's not like he's crushing the ball or anything, even though he did hit two home runs this week. It's like overall he's just kind of like, he is what he is. But you know what? It's something that's funny is that Adam Duvall's hitting 198, but his batting average of balls in play is 286. Okay. I see where you're going with it now, Graham. Yeah. You set so me up. That is fascinating to me. So he's lucky to be 198. Yes, which is disturbing. Disturbing yeah. as hell to me. Uh, Ozzy's hitting two, um, his 242 bad average balls in play, hitting 233. So Yeah, Ozzy's really fallen off as well. I feel like he's, he's kind of being slept on for. Yeah. He started really hot and. Yeah, he's had a lot of fun falling runs. apart. Yeah, it's, it's interesting for Ozzy. I mean, he's having the same problems he normally has, except it's just happening at a, at a horrible time where. You know, he's not being patient in the count. He's not drawing walks. He's swinging a lot of first pitches. This team has done a horrible job overall of of just not working the count. I think in the San, San Diego series, I think they struck out like 35 times and had like six walks or something like yeah. that. It was some ridiculous yeah. numbers like that. And it's just, you can't expect to win baseball games and do that. The only people that can work the count seemingly are Acuna and Olsen. And like, that's it. And, and Darno. Um even Austin Riley's not really putting together great at-bats right now. I know he's had the arbitration thing, but just like over the last few weeks, he's been very like, Ugh. But I, I still think you look at that Milwaukee series, and I know we lost the last game um, Wednesday in tough fashion, but like at the end of the day, we, we, we should have won two out of three against yes. a strong Brewers team. And I, I do think overall, you know, the pitching was obviously there until – you know, free just slipped a little bit. Yeah, up four nothing. Jansen gets his first blown save of the year. You're not going to fault him too much for no, that. He's been lights out all that, season. That's going to happen. Yeah, but you know, I saw some positive steps. I, I saw some. I saw Ozuna down o two, work it to three two. Yeah, and like obviously the bomb. So like you got to like you know it's. I think people are not giving enough grace to the fact that you know it's a weird start to the season. Obviously, some teams are coming out swinging, but. Yeah. We're just not there yet, but, you know, we're not out of it. The, no. the Mets are p- playing 500 ball over the last 10, 12 games as yeah. well. Like, Did you but, hear also Max Scherzer is going to be out for 68? I <laughs> saw the yeah. headline. It's like, I told you! Yeah. You really think that the guy who couldn't throw the playoffs because of a dead arm is going to be healthy all season? No. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw someone tweet that. It's like, you know, he's just wide open. No, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Like, you have to win more than two series to start saying the NL East is wide open. The Braves still, at the end of the day, even though, yes, I would agree, Milwaukee series, despite the loss, was a step, I think, in the right direction overall. But you can't say your shit until you win more than two series. Like, it's crazy that they haven't won more than two series yet. Yeah, that, that's something else, Graham. Something else. It's good Good to see. I, I'm going to stick with these positives. Okay. Good to see Kyle Wright thrown well still yes. after his one pretty rough start. And it was interesting because we were at that game um, and – you were at the game where he where got he, shelled? Yeah, we got shelled, the Red Sox game. And he was just getting frustrated. It was really interesting watching him out there. Like, I don't know, because, like, we were sitting in the outfield, so I couldn't really, you know, 
adequately tell what balls and strikes were, but there were a couple of times he was walking people that were just way out of the zone. It just looked like he was overthrowing, not composed. But yeah, he bounced back brilliantly in his next start. I don't think there's Kyle Wright showed me enough so far this year where I'm not going to like anoint him like staff ace or anything yet. But I'm like, I have confidence in him. I believe that he is. You know, the steps he's taken are there. The proof's in the pudding to start the season, so I don't expect him to just fall off. And he proved he has you know mental fortitude and resilience in that last start. So like, I'm I feel great about Kyle Wright. So yeah, you're exactly right. Kyle Wright looks good. Freed looks good, even though I know yesterday was was a little shaky. <laughs> Hopefully Charlie Morton's back. Um, I know that with uh, Matzik on the injured list, there's the you know quote unquote need for Spencer Strider to go to the bullpen. But goddamn, I would love to see him start. Yeah, I, I hope he gets his chance. But I mean, you're right. He's especially with Luke Jackson out. Like we kind of forget how big of a loss that is. Yes. And now Matzik, it's like we we absolutely need him in the bullpen. Yeah. And, but he's he's gonna be like a seventh, eighth inning guy now. Yeah, and he just I mean, he's just continued to go out there and just this incredible control over his fastball and off speed stuff. I mean, he, he looks like he's been pitching for ten years. Yeah. Um it's incredible and like struck out the side yesterday. Um and in the game two against Milwaukee, I believe, was like uh it was like ninety nine, one hundred, one oh one to strike out the side. Like I mean that's that's how and he and he's painting corners, he's working up in the zone, down the zone. He's, he's a d- diverse pitcher in that respect. He's, he's everybody I mean like the thing I thought that was gonna be interesting is like, yeah, he can throw gas, but can he control it? He can more than control it. He he, he is the baseball. Like it's it's unreal, his right. stuff. I still like and I have to see him start before I can really have this opinion, but it's like I still have a hard time seeing him do that five, six innings. I don't think he's stretched out enough. Every fifth day. He, he's gone four innings. I think that's the longest he's gone this year. But it tells me that. Shit, why not? Why couldn't he stretch out to five or six innings? Maybe. I don't know. Um, Tucker Davidson had a big start. That, that was that was great to see. Yeah. He, he was a guy I liked a lot last year before he got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know he's going to get another opportunity. It's I don't know. Hopefully those guys are down in AAA working something out. The Waskers, the Tukies. Kyle Muller doesn't look at all ready anymore after he no. got his one opportunity this year. But yeah, you don't you don't want to be riding that Gwinnett train. No, back but, and forth. Yeah. Well, I suppose bus because they don't they didn't allow Marta trains to go to Gwinnett. Right. Yeah. So Some the grave injustices to us city city drillers. Yep. Yep. Uh, so what 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 are, what are we looking at here? Do you think? You think this is still just patience? Um, not panic. Yeah. Yeah. 100%, Graham. And keep in mind, at at around the All-Star break, we could be getting Eddie Rosario, Mike Soroka, Kirby Yates. These are some big names. Plus whoever the hell Anthopolis trades for. You know he's Which gonna, you know is going to happen. He's going to be very active at the deadline if, if his team's still in contention. The problem is we're eight games back of those damn bets. It's fine. Beat them head-to-head a few times, yeah. just like we did earlier this year. Yeah, we still didn't make up any ground against them, though. I guess we did split. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the one positive I'll say also is like the Braves don't get swept, at least. At least they're even when they're not winning series, they're at least yeah. winning one game. I mean, they're not. And with the three additional wild cards, anything can happen. There's a lot of baseball that's to be played. I'm I'm just not I'm not getting as upset as I was early in the year because I'm like this is kind of what this team is right now and you just sort of hopefully have to ride it out and hopefully they'll get through it. Yeah, we, we do need to figure out something in the outfield quick though because 
I've been saying since the beginning of the year, Duvall's not an everyday center fielder, and his defense has obviously been fine, but the offense is terrible. He just needs some more days off. Yeah, he's old too. He's like thirty-four, you know, and he, he's playing a premium defensive position. But I think that probably is having an impact. It's got to have. Offense. It's got to have a. Yeah, like he's not hitting any home runs. Adam Duvall is is good for three things: hitting with guys on base, hitting home runs. And playing defense. He's only doing one of those things right well, now. The, just the lack of the team hitting with runners in scoring position, that, that is mind-boggling. Real. There's been a couple of times when they've gotten really unlucky. Um, the game against, uh, I can't remember, it was a Sunday game against San Diego. Uh, Darno had a, had a big, it was like two guys on, he had this huge, uh, he had a line drive that was just right at somebody. <laughs> Same thing happened with Austin Riley in one of the Milwaukee games this week. Yeah. There's been a couple of unlucky times for sure, but there's also... There's been a lot of strikeouts for guys in runners scoring position. This team strikes out like you wouldn't believe. I mean, it's like, ugh. If we're having the clutch conversation, and, you know, I know you and I are generally generally homers, but we got to, like, step outside of this box a little bit. When is the proper time to really look at the Freddie Freeman-Matt Olsen argument? Because Olsen has slowed down a lot, and Freddie Freeman was always just like a beast with runners in scoring position. So yeah. th- those comparisons are already happening more yeah. than we want them to. I'm um, not going to jump in. The situation is what it is. Yeah. And I think Olsen, like, Olsen still obviously has a lot of promise. But, you know, that that's what, that was Freddie's that was Freddie's thing. Well, remember also Freddie at this time last year was doing horribly. Like, he scuffled until pretty much the end of May. But you check your L.A. box scores, you know, he's... You oh, see, you know, Freddie's killing you, you it this see year. The, he's hitting over 300. You yeah. see the clutch hits. No, he, he's been... He's They're been, loving him in L.A. Yeah, he's been everything um, that we've known him to be his entire career. I don't think I'm at a position right now where I can look at Matt Olson and be like, he sucks, he's a bust, he's worse than Freddie. It's a long season. Let us also not forget that Matt Olson had a better year defensively and offensively than Freddie Freeman last season. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and start saying... Oh, the Braves are fucked without Freddie Freeman, or Matt Olson's a joke, or God, I wish we had Freddie. There's going to be part of me that says, God, we wish we had Freddie, but it's not because we have Matt Olson. So it's just because I love Freddie Freeman. So I'm, I am, I am big patience on Matt Olson, um, and he's still, even though he's slowed down, he's still the more consistent performers on the team. He's like one of like two guys, including Acuna, that has an on base percentage above 350. He's still, you know, coming up with some timely hits. The power hasn't been there yet, but he's getting on base. He's he's hitting doubles. He's having a solid season. It's not revolutionary. It's not like you know what we're used to. We've been spoiled with Freddie for the last ten years. We're you know consistent 300, 400, 500, You know average on base slugging. That's not where we're at right now. That's not to say Matt Olson can't get there, particularly in the on base and the slugging percentage department. So I'm, I'm big. T- he is the least of my worries right now. Ozzy sucks right now. Ozuna sucks right now. Duvall sucks right now. Those are those are the things that are scaring me at the moment, particularly with Duvall and Ozuna. Yeah, that that outfield is such a mess. Like, and maybe maybe it's Michael Harris time. I don't know. I I, I know they I don't, don't know. want. He's, I don't think he's ready. I know they don't want to rush him. At least get him up to AAA. See what he can do there for a month. But just. At least defensively. By the way, I also check Oakland A's box scores a lot. Yeah. Your boy Pache. Oh, yeah, he's hit, been terrible. He's hitting 155. Yeah. Yeah. So, he had a hot start. He's kind of cooled off. 
Although no, I know Langoliers, he, he hasn't been called up yet, but he's got like 12 home runs already in the minor league season. Yeah, and that's I mean that's the one thing I'm sort of getting at with with um, the one thing that that bothers me about the Olsen deal and not bringing back Freddie more than anything is that you had to gouge your farm system to bring in a guy that will hopefully replicate or come close to replicating or maybe exceed a comparable player to Freddie Freeman. Whereas if you just bring Freddie Freeman back, you still retain all right. those guys. So but that's the most frustrating y- thing. Younger and cheaper that. as well. Though. Younger and cheaper. And they, but and you can see like Contreras, just like he's got that swagger, man. Like he's he's got that it factor. Yeah, like, I don't know why he's not in there every day yet. I still like I as the DH with, with Joseph. I was like, well, he should be the DH yeah. every freaking day. Like the likelihood of an injury to the catcher is slim, and even if. It happens. So be it. Give yourself the best chance to win. Not not putting him in the lineup is is, is not doing that. Yeah. Silly. Um, it's good to talk about all this with you, though, Graham. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, and it's just like it's really the thing that bugs me like the most. Like I was just talking about, like uh, the on base percentages on this team are just so low. It's like, and, and it's, I don't. Is that how it is, baseball wide? Because that's I think that's just the game, you know. Well, it's really bad for us more than most teams. I mean, like, like I said, we only have one everyday player who's got a, a, a over three fifty on base percentage in Olson. He's at three seventy three, which is very very solid. Um, but everyone else is terrible. Ozzy two eighty nine sucks. Ozuna two sixty four. That's like below replacement level. Uh, Duvall, damn two fifty seven. I mean, it's just it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. Yeah, I mean, let's let's hope Ozuna's not just a complete dud now. Yeah, that would he he was kind of the X factor coming into this year. Yeah, we are very reliant on him. I I at least I really don't understand why he's still hitting fourth most of the time. Cannot happen. Who else do you put there? Darno. Darno's not playing that well either. I'll I'll take anybody hitting fourth over Ozuna right now almost. It's got that power. Yeah, but it's like... That huge three-run bomb. Here's what I would do. Call me crazy. I would, you know, obviously keep Acuna first. We don't, we don't want to fuck with that. But you have Acuna first. Hit Demerit second. Demerit? Yeah. And then go Olsen Riley. Move him down? Yeah. And then I would, I would go Darno, Ozzy, Ozuna. I would put Ozuna in the seventh spot right now until he proves to me that he can consistently either hit for power or get on base or something. It's like, God. And also having Ozuna in, in the outfield is just is horrible, too. It's it's Because uh, I know we were talking about putting Contreras in DH, but it's also like then you have to put Ozuna in the yeah. freaking outfield. It's, uh, it's a nightmare. He, he doesn't have the best cards to play right now. No, Snickers' hands are tied a little bit. But I still yeah. think you can find ways to put a jolt into this lineup. Or improve it by hitting Contreras more. I mean, Contreras is slugging 600, and he's hit damn four home runs and only 30 at bats. Yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, let him let him get some swings in at least. Yeah. So what, what do we got the rest of the week with the break? I know we got the Marlins, right? Stinky fish this weekend in Miami. We are uh, we are in Miami. Yes, I, I think and, Duvall crushes there, doesn't he? He does, uh, especially when he was a Marlin last year, um, and then four against Philly. After that, okay, the Phillies are a bunch of losers. I'm okay. 
We, we can make a little run here. Now's the time. Now's the time. You're playing against your division. Act like it and kick their ass. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's fish, Phillies fish. Those are your next uh, 10 games. Nice. So... Let's make make some moves. Get I mean, you, you can just see how how huge Ronald Cunha Jr. is for this lineup and just the energy that he brings. So if he hopefully is through this groin stuff, if anything, maybe it's given given the knee a little more chance to be hundred percent healthy. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, let's see him in there every day. Now you understand why they're not playing him every day. Like you can't fault them too much. No, no. It's, it's not. It's not like this is the stretch run. And we need to win every game right now. No, and obviously if he has a groin problem... It's May. I don't want to be like, get out there. Is it May? It is May. It's May. It's May 19th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're pretty deep into May now. Uh, You know, the groin, it's like, I don't want to push that. That could, you know, that could blow up into a larger injury. So yeah, be cautious on that. I'm okay with the amount they're using him in the field and DHing. It was really interesting watching him in the field when I went to the game last week. There was a rocket, an absolute rocket hit to right field, and he handled it fine. You know, he made the play, but you could tell he had to go back towards the wall again. It was kind of like the same thing with the Marlins, and I had to, I, if, if I'm thinking it when the ball's in the air, he's thinking it. And they could tell he was kind of moving gingerly, like, oh, fuck, it's going to happen again. He made the play, but I was like, he's got to still be uh, oh, hearing ghosts. Maybe I'll make him DH in Miami, because that's where it happened. Oh, you know? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. But but he's gotta get through it as well. Yes. So um Yeah, the outfield needs a re- I mean, I know Anthopolis knows this. It's just I'll be interested to see if he makes potentially a move sooner than we're expecting. Well, I think he said that it's it's just so tough to make any moves this early in the season. Right, because no yeah. I mean it, it is, but and people know they can get a lot more value at the trade deadline. Yeah. Or, like you're talking about, what can be done? If you can't trade for someone, do you start the Michael Harris project and say, let's see what happens if we put him up in AAA? I know Drew Waters had a good start in AAA. You'd think he would be the next guy up. Yeah, we need we need some help. And uh, either if that's internally or externally, we need some help out there. Yep. But I'm, I'm proud of Demerit. He's not the greatest player in the world, but he, he busts his ass. He tries his hardest, and he's done an admirable job. He's got a higher on base percentage than like five of our normal everyday players. So, keeping us uh, from getting swept. Yes, I think he's been a he's been a factor. Yeah. And yeah, I don't really have much else on the Braves unless you do, Adam. That's all I got. Oh, oh mm. last thing I was going to say: uh, book recommendation. Book recommendation. Graham and I have both read this now. Mm. Ball player by Chipper Jones. Surprisingly, like really good. Yeah, very candid, candid book. Like, um, if you want all the inside stories of, you know, especially the Braves in the '90s and the two that. Well, yeah, I mean, because he goes through it all. Hearing about Greg Maddox pissing on his leg in the shower. Yeah, beating down Pedro Bourbon Jr. for chatting up his wife. Yeah, it, it, it was really good, and I, I liked the. He mentioned he talks about Frank Wren a little bit. And how Bobby Cox almost quit because of Frank Wren. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Right. Like he, yeah, he's just very open and out there, and uh, it's a good read. Yeah, it's not like you're reading Tolstoy or something, but it's a very you know, if you like baseball, you like Chipper, you like the Braves, you'll you'll dig the book. I had, I had a fi- five hour flight to San Francisco and just read the book the entire time. 
It was spirit, so there were no movies. So right. encourages reading. Sure. Yeah. Better for the brain. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that uh, covers the Braves. We'll take a quick break and hear a word from our friends from DraftKings. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So here's what you need to do, Chicos. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, and we're back. Adam, there's not really too much else going on in the world of Atlanta sports, but we can talk a little Falcons. Rookie minicamp is happening or has happened. Yep, 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 sure did. Uh, Some pretty good articles came out of that specifically about potential future quarterback Desmond Ritter. Did you see those, Graham? I have seen some things, yes. I saw that everybody was raving about his ability to find re- open receivers, um, looking, checking his reads, that he has uh, leadership quality in him, that he's using uh, the, the, the fact that he slipped through the third round as a chip on his shoulder, all good things, all things we've heard a million times from a million other rookie quarterbacks. He looked comfortable. The videos, like, he looked solid in the pocket, but it's, it's training camp. Everybody looks solid in the pocket. So. Well, it's just rookie camp. But yeah. still, like you, you still like to see. I think Arthur Smith said, "It's like, well, yeah, we, you don't want to see a guy you're hoping turns into leader just be all quiet on day one, right? And he's out there screaming at the guys. Like after day one of rookie minicamp, he's like, hey, we got to be better, man. That we made a lot of mistakes.' Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think you know the most important thing someone can do when they're entering a new position or whatever in any anywhere is set the tone, set expectations, especially if you're in a leadership role like quarterback and you want to and you're trying to win that job, yeah, let every you know, let them know. And if you if you don't, then you're setting a bad precedent from the start. So good for him. Yeah, it's promising to me. And I, I really the more I read about this team and what, what they're trying to do, the more I get excited about watching it just in terms of turning the page. We've discussed this before. We just turned on the page of the Matt Ryan era. Yeah. Um, I think we have some decent quarterback options in Mariota and Ritter, and it's just going to be something different to watch. You know, we we might be terrible. Yes. We might win more games than people are expecting. All possibilities. Like, I don't know. Like, there's some good pieces on this team. Like, legitimately the number one cornerback in the Uh, league. Number one cornerback in the league. For a second, I thought you said quarterback. But yes, cornerback, it's hard to argue against the greatness that is A.J. Terrell. I'm excited. I was, I was just thinking about him before you you uh, you said that because we haven't seen – I don't remember the last time that a cornerback played as well as he has during his career. And this is only year three. 
for him. Like, when I say cornerback, I mean cornerback for the Falcons. I don't remember the last time I saw someone be that shut down. He's better than Trufant ever was at his peak. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver room's looking a little better, Graham. The kid that, that we traded for from Oakland as well? How's that? Off of, uh, Brian Edwards? Yeah. Yeah, like, he's, he's a solid. With London Drake, like it's. He's a solid second, third option. All of a sudden, our number one weakness is like, I'm not calling it a strength, but like, we're okay there. I would disagree that wide receiver rooms are number one weakness. Well, I know you're a offensive line guy. And as long as that doesn't get addressed, I don't care who you bring in a wide receiver. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah, for this, but like you need to build for the future. Yes. So with offensive linemen, build inside to yeah, out, we, not outside in. We've had this argument a million times. But you realize that what I'm saying has some validity to it. You have you have uh, Listrom. And you Matthews. have you have Matthews, and that's it. And then you can sign three veterans you next year. You don't want to do that. You want to sign why, why not? high price veterans to to big deals that could once again tank your salary cap. You don't want to do if you sign one, that's fine. But you have so many other holes, so many other holes to address on this team. I the thing I'm most concerned about about with with the Falcons beyond the trenches is linebacker, um, because I think losing Foyer. Is a huge is a problem that people are not giving enough attention to, and Deion Jones is worthless. So now it's like worthless. I want to go that. Far. Uh, he's pretty. He's pretty uh, underwhelming, wouldn't you say? Below average in terms of his play last season. I, I wouldn't say he's below average. I, I don't know what an average linebacker looks like, but I, I don't think that's Deion Jones. I think. I, I think his motor is not what it was. Yeah, well, exactly. So I think you're comparing him to like what we're used to seeing. Yes. But I, I'm sure he is better than a league average. I, I don't think he's trash. I just think he's like, yeah, maybe I'm being a little hyperbolic in my criticism. But I think linebacker's taken a big step back along with quarterback uh, this year for sure. Now, yeah, I would agree. Receiver does look better. But, you know, once again, can we give the quarterbacks time to make plays? Can the receivers get open? We, we did sign um, Nick Kwiatkowski. Big signing. I, mean, I think he, he's a legitimate veteran linebacker uh, from the Raiders. We signed him this offseason. I mean, like three days ago. So it will be okay. Well, I think it's interesting, too. We're signing all these linebackers, and like uh, it just makes me think that Deion Jones is getting ready to be yeah, I mean, Lorenzo Carter, he's going to be playing. Troy Anderson, obviously. Michael Walker. Your boy Walker. Yeah. I'm looking to take a big step forward. Um there's there's some potential there. Yeah, I'd say at the very least the good news is is that you have Grady Jarrett for the next four years during this rebuild. Hopefully the rebuild doesn't take that long. But you have a guy that sets the tone, and you also have, you know, um an AJ Terrell. You have these two two people that are absolutely stalwart at their position. And then, you know, on the offensive side, you got um hopefully excitement at quarterback, hopefully excitement at wide receiver. You you have Kyle Pitts who's going to once again turn in a, a really good year you would think, so yeah I think that at the very end of the day to circle back to what you were talking about to sort of complete the arc as it were, we will be getting a different team in some respects we will be getting a a different look uh, uh, at the Falcons than than we're than we're used to, the one constant that was always there was Matt Ryan whether you loved him or hated him that's not happening anymore. So we don't know what to expect as much, even though I still expect we will suck and be one of the worst teams in the league. It will at least be done in a way that we're not expecting. 
And then maybe you're right. Maybe there's a pleasant surprise in here. Maybe somehow this team is able to play better uh, than the sum of its parts. I don't know. But um, at the very least, it will be different. It will be different. We won't be able to protect a quarterback or attack him, but it will be different. <laughs> I like the uh, tight end room as well. Yeah, yeah. Pitts, Anthony uh, Ferkser, you know him? Yeah, uh, tight end from Tennessee who's back up there. Um, he's more of a, uh, uh, I mean, a blocker than a, a pass catcher, but he's, he's, he's a solid player. I mean, last year, 291 yards receiving. That's pretty good from a backup. Yeah. No, he's end. used more. He's not like a, he's, he's not like as much of a blocker as like a Lee Smith. You can still rely yeah. on him to make some catches. Got the rookie Fitzpatrick who is like idolizes Lee Smith. So, right. I like that room, Graham. Yeah. And running back will be interesting. I'm really looking forward to yeah. seeing what this Algier kid from BYU can do. Yeah. I mean, uh, 23 touchdowns last year was, was uh, I think, tied for the lead in Division One football last season. So, I mean, you don't do that by accident, even if you are on BYU. So, We got pieces, Graham. We got pieces, and you can kind of see what direction they're taking. And most importantly, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot are on the same page. Yeah. They're not battling against each other. They they. They both have the same vision. Yeah. I, I would be really curious, though, to be a fly on the wall for that Deshaun Watson shit. I want to know whose idea it was, who's pursuing it, like how that all transpired. Because I thought they handled that just poorly when the deal blew up in their face. You can remove all the moral stuff. We've already talked about that. But I'm just talking about like the pursuit of that and then the way it was handled when it didn't work out for them. I mean, that, that must have just been all... All Arthur Blank. That's what I think too. Yeah, and that's another just another reason why I'm like, can we please? Can Arthur just let the football people do their job? Maybe that was a good lesson for him. Again, he's never going to learn. He's 78 years old. and He keeps doing this shit. It's, it's unreal. I'm too old. I know he wants I can't to win learn a su- new lessons. I know. Now. I know he wants to win a Super Bowl. Like there's no. I mean, I know more than anyone in Atlanta. He wants to win the Super Bowl. But you hire the football people to be football guys, you know. Sure, but yeah, we'll be coming up on training camp in June. Next, I think month? a little later. I think mini camps in July, and then, or I think I think mini camps in June, and then training camps in July. I believe. So at, at some point in time. Yeah, yeah, very soon. Um, and actually, you know, I'll be interested maybe in going to a preseason game or two, just so we can <laughs> just so we can see all these guys, right? I mean, that like that's the happening. thing. Well, you gotta, you know, if if you're if you're in this for the long haul as a Falcons fan, right? You gotta you gotta start trying to. I wouldn't say be positive for no reason, but at least try to embrace what's going on. Which is, I'm talking to myself more than anybody right now. But be embrace what's happening a little bit if you can, and, and show these try to show these guys some support. I watched the 13 win Hawks just because I was excited about Josh Smith and Josh Childress. You were the biggest Hawks fan circa 2003, I think. Yeah, a hundred percent was. And, uh, you know, you watch your team grow and you get a lot more pride versus it's the opposite of being a bandwagon fan. Yeah. You watch the team when they're shit. You see the little pieces you like, you're like, Ooh, that guy, he's going to be something. Right. And then in a couple of years, you're back in the Super Bowl, and, uh, it feels great. So the Super Bowl is two years away. I could, I mean, yeah, I could certainly see us being very competitive, twenty twenty three. Wow! Yeah, I, you're far more optimistic than I am. But we'll see. No one. Yeah, knows. I think we all know that. Well, I'm a realist. You might think I'm a pessimist. Okay. Well, there's a fine line, which we'll have to discuss. 
next week. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> on Atlanta's own. Yes. I think we've uh, run out of things to talk about. So we will uh, adjourn this this episode. Thank you all for hanging out with us. It's good to have Adam back from his uh, ventures out west. Learned a lot about wine, Graham. Learned a lot about wine in many ways. Well, we'll see you all next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitometer soap. Hospitometer soap.